Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to another episode of the B-Dorm Podcast. I am your co-host, Don the Piz Elevert, joined as always by Justin Jericho Turner. And we are two former college roommates getting together a couple decades later to talk about life, business, media, culture, entertainment, and everything in between. Let's go. My man. What's up, brother? Chilling Back home. at it again. Yes, sir. Cheers. Salud. Cling. Cheers. Shocker, shocker. You've got a dark brown, stouty looking beverage in your mug. Yes. What yes, flavor pastry. are you messing with this week? I got another pastry stout. It's called Buns and Barley. Cinnamon bun. Cinnamon bun. Can you repeat that name for us? Yes. Can you repeat that name for yes. us? Yes, for the people. Buns and Barley. You want that you want that sweet bun on your lips whenever possible. And of course, it's a beer, so it's got a little it's got a little barley, it's got a little hoppy aftertaste. It's good. Very, very smooth. I like this one. <laughs> I'm still laughing at the name. Buns. Buns you're and at barley. Buns because you're infantile. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, that is true. Yes. To All right. many extents. <laughs> what you got there, brother? What you got there? What you got there? I brought a, I got a brownish beverage this time. Yeah. So this time I went, I went completely off my own head this time to make something new. Okay. So I'm still working through weeks and weeks ago. We recorded a, a pod where I, I told you I, where I made a, uh, I think I made a gimlet with some gin that my, uh, cousin Stefan from Canada had brought me a while back. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not uh, other than martinis. I'm not usually a gin drinker. Now I got, I worked the gimlet into the mix, but, but I was like, all right, I still need to, I know I need to finish this bottle of gin. So I invented what I'm calling an apple pie spritzer. Okay. Which is I took, uh, I bought some honey crisp apples the other day. Um, which if you're an apple person, Honeycrisp has become my favorite apple. It's, mm. it's sweet yet tart. It's like someone married like a sweet red apple with a crisp tart green apple. It's the perfect apple in my, for my flavor palette. Um, but some, I took some, something I did a while back. I never told you about an air fryer, another air fryer specialty, slice Olive. up some apples, s- slice up some apples. Cover them, cover the slices with cinnamon, throw it in the air fryer uh, for about eight to 10 minutes on about 380 to 380 degrees. They come out hot, soft, tasting like apple pie. Mm -hmm. I took that, blended it, made this apple pie, muddled apple pie tasting puree, but I blended it with gin. Then I took that ah. pureed joint. Now, if you if you're not like me or Jericho, and you listen to this, and you want to and you want to mimic this drink, at that point, strain it. I have no problem with the pulpy thickness of it, so I took that and then <laughs> hit it with some seltzer, some rocks, and here it is. It's this apple pie, tasty, thick, yet with a little kick. Goodness. With Let's that go. pulp, America. <laughs> Drink <laughs> sexy. I think it's tasty as hell, too. Hey, B-Dorm listeners, you've probably heard me mention in passing that I do professional voiceover work. Well, some of that includes audiobooks that you can download off of Audible. So check this out. We know you love to listen. And for a limited time only, we've got a great special offer for our dedicated listeners. We're happy to be able to offer you up to two free books when you try Audible Premium Plus. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix to Dolly Parton and James Patterson's Run, Rose, Run. There's something for everyone, and they're the perfect companion for your weekend run or your summer road trip. You can listen to thousands of great titles, as many as you want, whenever you want. 
stream, or download to listen offline. Click the link in the show notes and get started today. Hey, B-Dorm listeners, you've probably heard me mention in passing that I do professional voiceover work. Well, some of that includes audiobooks that you can download off of Audible. So check this out. We know you love to listen. And for a limited time only, we've got a great special offer for our dedicated listeners. We're happy to be able to offer you up to two free books when you try Audible Premium Plus. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix to Dolly Parton and James Patterson's Run Rose Run. There's something for everyone, and they're the perfect companion for your weekend run or your summer road trip. You can listen to thousands of great titles, as many as you want, whenever you want. Stream or download to listen offline. Click the link in the show notes and get started today. Um, that sounds good. And by man. the way, speaking like of gin, I like that. Mm. Exactly. Speaking of gin, by the way, shout out to the one and only Gin Lee, B Dorm Elite. Although I don't know if I can say one and only because. <laughs> <laughs> there's mad gin lees out there yeah, including 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 the other one in his in his own family who were 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 boys <laughs> with too but um <laughs> but like how, how we i i not only them i got i don't i got another friend that former co-worker named jin i've known He's been an inspiration to not only uh, this cocktail when I was trying to come up with a cocktail and I was hanging out with him and and mentioning that I had some gin to work in, but he's also been the inspiration on some of the topics that we're talking about in this, in this episode. And and that we talked about in episodes past because he's, he's one of the hearts and souls of the, our B-Dorm crew. So shout out. Word, 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 word. And, you know, a former B-Dorm resident, for people that don't, you know, listen to old podcasts, we had a huge room group. There were 10 of us that lived together. Me and Don are just two of 10, all right? So you're going to hear about the rest of them because we're all doing well. We're doing big things. Um, Shout out to Jen, my guy. What's up, brother? All right, let's get into (laughs) it. Let's go. All right, let's get this. Something I never told you about me. I don't. Even, I was gonna say this is kind of embarrassing. It's not really embarrassing. It's just. It's just me. And we all got our quirks, right? In life, one of my quirks. I am real picky about the sheets on the bed being neatly arranged. Like, I wake up in the middle of the night if the sheet. You know. You know that sheet. I, don't know, I forget what you call it. The one that hugs the mattress that has the elastic. That every time you try to put it on, you always gonna guess the wrong way, and you have to fight to try to stretch sheet, it on the mattress though. before you get it the right way. What's that called? <laughs> We just call it the bottom sheet. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we just call it, we're just gonna call that the bottom sheet. Well, anyway, like I got issues where like I that needs to be that if that comes untucked, I wake up. If the sheets come untucked from the bottom of the bed and they're not tight, I get mad. Like, and then I like my bed to be neatly made in the morning, look good, walk in so I can walk in later and be like, ah, all right. At least the bed is made, everything is nice. If you're having a bad day, even if you walk in your bedroom, everything's nice, right? Gotcha. So what okay. happened is um, so last few weeks I've been having to get up and do and work really early on some projects in the morning. So I, I'm usually because I'm OCD about this. I'm usually the one who handles, you know, making the bed, et cetera. My, uh, fiance, Allie, however, um, when I was getting up early, she was trying to be very thoughtful and knows that this is something that I am particular about. She made the bed every morning for the last week. So one day I go, go walk in the room. Cause I'm home during the day and she's not. And I go after she's left and I see the bed is made. I'm like, Oh, how sweet she made the bed. Cause she knows how much I love that. Um, and it looks all nice. And then, <laughs> however, I'm like, wait, something seems off about this. And it turns out that, that, uh, lo and behold, that the second sheet, not that one that I was talking about, not the bottom hugger, but the one between the duvet or the comforter and that bottom hugger, just the Got sheet, you. sheet, sheet, sheet. Got you, you know how that, how it has a seam at the top. That tells you, all right, this is the part that goes by your head. It's got like that little thick, 
scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, clearly this is the top of the sheet. Right. I got you. Yeah, yeah. That joint was on the side, like the side of the bed. And the side <laughs> joint was at the head part. So. So your head is I, So then I have to have a. So, I mean, yeah, it, like to my, but then I had to have this moment where you're like, you know what? When you're when you're in a relationship, there's stuff you got to compromise and you got to appreciate when someone goes out of their way to to be considerate of the stuff that you're OCD about that they're not and that your quirkiness. And I was like, you know what? I cannot make this an issue. There's too much stupid shit that people fight about relationships. I cannot make this an issue. So day goes by like <laughs> I, that was that was like Monday or something like that. OK, yet, by the time we get to like Thursday, I mean, every time I've gone to bed, that joint ate me up inside a little bit lo and behold <laughs> so she catches me looking at the bed funny one day when i'm trying well you know when i'm going to try coming to bed and I, I pick up the sheet i couldn't help it i couldn't help it wore my soul heart on my sleeve i just eyed it up like oh my god this sheet is uh. and she was like she's like is something wrong and i was like uh no nah, everything's all right she was like she's like she's like why'd you put the sheets like that and I was like, wait a minute, hold, hold up, hold, hit the pause button right now. You know, the sound or the record scratch. I said, what are you talking about? She said, why'd you put the sheet like that? She's like, I thought you're crazy about the, the how the sheets need to be the right way. And, and you put the sheet on sideways. And I was like, I did. I did. Sure as hell did I put the sheet on sideways. Anyway, long story short. Didn't have an argument about it, about that because it's not that's not even worth having an argument about, even though couples do often fight about stupid shit. Right. But we had a long laugh for the next like about how like, wait a minute. And she lives in a world. It's almost like Marvel with the multiverse. She we're in we're in different universes here where one thing is off that occurred. We're in her universe. Her reality. I made the bed and put the sheets on the wrong way. Whereas I can tell you for a fact. I did not make that bed and I would did not put the sheets that way because I would never, ever, 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 ever do that because of how much it, it pains right. me. But that's why she was confused. She was like, why the hell would he do that? And she was like, I'm not going to fix that because I know she knows I'm crazy about that stuff. She stuff. maybe maybe I now am on this thing where I need the sheets sideways. Who knows? Right. But anyway, it got me thinking <laughs> about the fact that I was like. In. In the in the in corporate America, when I was in when I was in sales, right, we always talked about we always preach that perception is reality. Perception is reality when it comes to the client, when it comes to your colleagues, when it comes to how your bosses perceive you, how anybody, your friends, anybody perceives anything. Percept people's perception is reality. But this got me thinking. It's not like we people are arguing because they're coming away with different perceptions of reality. Or they think they're trying, they're trying to convince people to have a different perception in their and and come to their reality. Whereas what I what I'm coming to realize is similar to the situation that where she and I had, where we just had to come to the agreement that, like, look, my reality fully exists to me. Your reality exists to you. I don't think your reality is the case, but I have to at least acknowledge and appreciate the fact that there is as much a chance that your reality is correct than as mine is. Because there's no way we can prove or demonstrate which is right. So we have to we have to come to a happy common ground on it. And so that got me thinking that like all of these divisive topics that we're dealing with all the time are really about reality versus reality as opposed to even perception. It, it's a whole other level than, than just the perception of what we're coming across because we're dealing with people who are <laughs> we all are coming away with different opinions because we're not even in agreement on the facts in the first place that should, that should shape our perceptions. Right. So how do we coexist and come into agreement about that? And then you texted me something in the middle of the week while I got this going on that, of course, I'm not going to tell you, I got this going on. Why would I ever tell you about that? But since we got a podcast, <laughs> I can tell you funny shit like that story, but we were, uh, you texted me about something related to basically I'll summarize it is as appropriation versus appreciation. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. If that, if I can summarize it like that and I'll let you, yeah, yeah. I'll let you explain further. I, I, but I, see, I see where you're right. Yeah. That got me really thinking about like, wow, that's just another case of people 
existing in what they think is the same reality with different perceptions, but it's not, but they, they're really just living in completely different realities from each other, even though they got the same end goal Mm -hmm. in some cases. So that being said, (laughs) what do you think of my bed situation? My bed sheet situation. (laughs) Do you have any quirkinesses like that? And what's up with this? cultural appropriation versus uh, appreciation issue that's been coming up and popping up in multiple ways in our society recently. Yeah, I, I feel you. Just for the people, I am, uh, I'm like the opposite of Don in a lot of things. We're, we're boys, but like there are certain things like I don't give a shit about a bed sheet. <laughs> this is of course... <laughs> Very, very depressing for my my military dad who uh, used to <laughs> make us make the bed every single time we got out of the bed. You know, if y'all military people, y'all know what I'm talking about. The corners had to be perfect. Um, so I grew up resisting that kind of order. You know what I mean? So now I now I live in a constant state of chaos, and I'm having a great time. Um, so I wanted to. Oh, first. First of all, y'all, can y'all see my shirt here for all the people that are on YouTube? If y'all checking it out, I see it on the says, camera. I am a man, right? Uh, it's also got a little icon guy wearing a sign that says I am a man on it. All right, so I wore this shirt to a barbecue not long after uh, Harvey Weinstein got indicted. So it was like right in the, the heart of the Me Too movement. And one of the barbecue goers decided that she wanted to take issue with the fact that I was advertising my manhood, right? Um, Of course, not having any concept of the fact that this shirt actually represents a protest that went down in Memphis. The Sanitation Workers Union protested the deaths of uh, two sanitation workers who died on the job and the government refused to, refused to pay them any benefits. So they all walked out and they were protesting and some of them were wearing these signs. That's why the little icon has a little guy wearing the sign that says, I am a man. It was about having the same rights and privileges as other people who were also doing the same job. Um, so you're talking mm-hmm. about work benefits um, and just other very poor work conditions. They eventually got King to come down. King gave a speech. Uh, and th- this eventually leads to King's assassination, right? So the, the time between when the first protests happen and when King is killed, I think it's like a two-week period. Um, so this is the last cause for Dr. King before he was assassinated. So for people that don't know that history, and they look at the shirt and it says, I am a man. All they see is a man wearing a shirt that says, I am a man. And the reason why I bring that up is in our community, we have become uh, reliant on our instincts. And I remember, uh, you know, in the early Trump days, you remember Kellyanne Conway when she broke the universe and said, you know, we have alternative facts. Like, I feel like that was the beginning Mm. of the end, right? So now, no matter what your facts are, I can present you with the same facts, but just read them differently. And therefore, they are alternative facts. And my truth is more real because it's mine, right? And this has been going on for years, and it has made its way into every community, regardless of whether you were a Trump supporter or not, because it's allowed for people to live out loud in their own ignorance. This is what's going on, right? Um, And so I would like to talk to the people, Pizzle, for a moment about petroleum jelly and ice cream. Can I do that for a second? Um, I I mean, I can't dictate what you talk to people about, but petroleum jelly and ice cream, just, I just want to say, like, I'm known for making putting things together that don't necessarily sound like they go together even as even in drinks i don't think those two things go together but alas they do my brother because 
our community, the black community in America, decided to take issue with two particular brands without knowing anything about what those brands were doing. First, it was the ice cream at Walmart. Some people will know what I'm talking about. Walmart decided to release a Juneteenth branded packaging of a new ice cream. Black Twitter went crazy. They had to recall it. And I started thinking about how much time, effort, and energy, and money was spent to create that product in order to market it to the Black community specifically, but really to anybody who wanted to know anything about Juneteenth, right? And how quickly they had to recall Mm -hmm. it and just destroy all of that stuff. And, And I was saying to myself, why would Walmart ever want to embrace anything about our culture again? Because the, the one time that they tried to do it and, and sell it, they got criticized for trying to appropriate the black image for profit, which I find to be inherently hilarious considering how many black people shop at Walmart. And then <laughs> petroleum jelly. This is, Piz, you know what petroleum jelly is because you're 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 an educated guy, right? I said, dude, yo, I'm a I'm a I'm a black dude who lives who grew up in the northeast of America with winter times. I know with but I I've used plenty of Vaseline on my mouth. Thank you, sir, because <laughs> that's where we're going with that, right? Vaseline is a brand name, and most people don't even know that it's made that's that it's a petroleum product, right? But anyway, Vaseline also created a packaging targeted to the Black community. And again, Black Twitter went nuts and they had to pull the product, right? And I'm, I, I'm saying to myself again, why would Vaseline, a brand that has committed to trying to equalize the market in terms of black skincare products. Yes, it is a major brand. Yes, they have plenty of money, but for for our community to get upset over Vaseline selling a product targeted to the black community is just it's, it's mind-numbing to me, Piz, because we're going to buy Vaseline anyway. Right? You can't go into a, yeah. a a black household in this country that doesn't have at least one either brand new or expired package of Vaseline in their medicine cabinet. You know what I'm saying? So what are you mad about? This is, this is, this is what I was thinking all week about the, the, the fake outrage. Like, what are y'all mad about? You don't know what you're talking about. That particular product that Vaseline released was actually part of a long-term campaign where they partnered with this group of black dermatologists who were trying to raise awareness about specific black skincare needs, right? Mm. Most of the people who were roasting that product know nothing about what I'm saying right now. All they saw was a big brand use black imagery and they started trying to roast it. And like, we got to take responsibility of the realities that we're creating for ourselves. Because at the end of the day, as a brand, I'm not going to want to spend that money. I'm not going to want to make that kind of investment if I know that it might be wasted because the black community might flip out. And it's not like they didn't have focus groups and it's not like they didn't have diversity, equity and inclusion people talking about, you know, deciding which direction to go in it. Like they did their due diligence and they still, quote unquote, failed. Right. So. I feel like when we have these conversations about what's reality, what we're really talking about is what are facts and how important are they? Are facts important or is my own opinion and my own reaction more important than the facts of the situation? When can we get to a point where we start to realize, all right, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I might need to chill and look some things up before I react and jump into a fire circle and start dancing around because I, you know what I mean? Like my, my first instinct is to get upset about what's going on. So 
I, I I wanted to bring that up because you know we're we're moving into a midterm election. Um, there's a lot of conversations about a lot of very important things we've talked about on the podcast. We've talked about um, abortion rights on the pod. We've talked about gun rights on the pod. There are big big ticket issues that are coming up, and a lot of people don't really know anything about the nuances of these issues politically. And we really need to get the facts of these things out there before folks start making decisions about who they want to vote for. Wow. Man, I got that. I'm glad you just broke down the details of that happening, because I I don't think a lot of people even knew that was going on. If you're not part of the black community and haven't been following some of the chatter about some of that stuff. Yeah, I was even confused about it when I saw it, when you sent it to me, because I was like. I was just confused about why people are are getting mad unless my so here here was my thought process when you sent it to me. I was like, okay. Let's say the ice cream for instance. I was like, I all right, what flavor of ice cream are we dealing with here? Because <laughs> let's be fair. Let's be fair. If they made a watermelon <laughs> fried chicken watermelon flavor and slapped Juneteenth on it and said, Hey, black people, here you go, celebrate, right? <laughs> that would be falling into taking negative stereotypes and in, in, in an uninformed fashion, <laughs> right? Right. Up doing something that is like not very appreciative because you're literally perpetuating negative stereotypes, or right, or even the the Vaseline thing. I mean. I don't even know what you could do with that one. I can't. I mean, dude, like, how, like, what do you, what are y'all mad about? Like, you're going to have Vaseline anyway. Why not have Vaseline that has little Good. Negro pictures on it so that when your Good. child looks at it, they can see images of themselves? Like, I don't, I don't understand the problem. But something else that even, that even uh, jumps to my mind when you, when you tell this story is that, and I said this on one of the previous couple of podcasts that, Net, since we've been doing this podcast, it's it's getting creepy to me how you and I talk about something and then we don't even realize how we talk about things because they're topical and they're important. And then what we said literally seems to happen in a more directly played out fashion in society a, a couple of months later. So you and I, back in one of our earlier episodes, had a whole conversation about Kwanzaa. Right. And. We talked about the fact that one of the issues that one of the struggles of making Kwanzaa popular, even and not just popular among we're not we weren't even talking about popular amongst the masses, just popular, more popular amongst even black America, who the holiday is celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Um, that we it needs to be embraced by corporate America. Why? Not because you and I are some corporate propagandists. Again, I don't know if that I just made up a new word, but that that one sounds good to me. I think propagandist <laughs> is a word. <laughs> I, I added a uh in there. I said propagandist. I left. That's the, right. We, uh we add syllables end. to stuff all the time. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway. But anyway. Uh, that's not who you or I are. But we understand, and I can tell you as someone who worked in global business development and sales manager for a long time. Like I think if people who haven't worked directly in corporate America and haven't worked on the business side of corporate America, don't really understand, especially if you didn't work on the business to business B2B corporate America, right? That this country, we live in a capitalistic society. I've said this before that that is at the core of how America what makes America great and what makes America terrible or things that people think are terrible of America and things that make America great are largely all involve our rootedness in capitalism at some degree. And Money. it sounds to me like we sounds to me like we have, yeah, we like we have a pro, an issue where we have people getting upset about capitalism doing what capitalism does. But so just, just to explain to people here, even about something that I learned along the way, because I had to do a whole lot of research when I was uh, working in uh, language services and uh, global brand management consultation, specifically in language services, what I did. I, I was the founder of a, a, a brand management and multicultural marketing division of the company I worked for. 
And I would get brought in and talk to these brands. And one of the main things that we, we had to talk about all the time was the shifting demographic of buying power in America. Like, I think a lot of people think that the reason why brands over the last couple of decades and large corporations have taken taken more of a, I guess, more of an appreciation or or more understanding about diversity, equity and that stuff. People think it's because they're being good natured or some of the some of the efforts in in, you know, in society among those who are doing the good work for civil rights and and equity, that that's the reason as much as I wish that were true. The only reason why you were why or the primary reason, I'll say at the very least, why you've seen any shift in any direction of that regard in recent times is purely economics. The buying power of America shifted in and is continuing to shift in a direction where there is much more buying power amongst young, young to middle aged black and people of color of people who immigrated here myself. Being an example of this, people whose parents immigrated here in the like, you know, 70s, 80s, etc. Their kids who grew up in America are now now in their 20s to 40s and have buying power. So there was a shift in the dynamic. It's not and it's still that dy- that buying power does not reside largely in that group and still in comparison to the buying power of white America. However, a lot of corporations realize that if they could capitalize on that demographic that was going to give them a whole other form of revenue, revenue that yeah. they that that their whole revenue stream that they could focus on that many of their competitors weren't and one that is going to continue growing and eventually may supersede the standard revenue streams that they had so that plays a large role as to why corporations are taking any interest in any of these things that people are putting forth and I I don't have a hatred for them for that because that is how capitalism works. Love it or hate it. Money and corporations ability to generate revenue off of whatever direction you want them to go and them being able to build marketing campaigns around it, whether it's well-intentioned by them and genuine or not is going to be driven by buying power of whoever that the target demographic of that is. So That's when you right. want corporate, when you want attention from corporate America, when you want them to pay attention to something, you better always lead with an understanding and presentation about how it's going to impact their bottom line, how yep. it's going to have a positive impact on the bottom line. Otherwise, people will shake your hand, say that was a great presentation. That's all wonderful stuff. And then later on, they will say, sorry, we can't we can't invest time and energy in that now. And it's really a matter of they don't see how they're going to benefit financially from it. That's all it means. So going back to what we talked about, about Kwanzaa, right? We talked about the fact that like, look, look at the, look at what's going on. The same people who are complaining about um, what you're talking about, about complaining about Juneteenth being uh, what they claim, I guess, uh, uh, believe is culturally appropriated are probably people who buy Easter chocolate and go and buy Christmas trees, right? Holidays that, uh, that, that are, uh, and go and buy an abundance of Christmas gifts and expect Christmas gifts from people. That is the commercialization due to capitalistic societies in America being one of the main ones in our earth who have taken those holidays and almost removed all of the religious appreciation out of them and turned them completely into commercialized events. Right. And that is, but that is also why they're so popular. So if you want your thing to be popular, unless somebody is doing it in a way that is completely negative and in and not taking cultural sensitivity and not taking the input of people who are from that culture but from everything you described if you are doing this in conjunction for the for the petroleum jelly if you're doing that in conjunction with doctors with black and doctors of color who are doing this to help promote awareness to people of color in appreciation of a holiday that is in celebration of people of color i don't see how you could get mad at that Unless you just want to be mad, which I mean, in many ways, just being angry is quintessentially American, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, we are we we are on a uh, we do work with a network that had a, has a podcast that used to be called Angry Americans. <laughs> angry <laughs> is angry 
But anger in America is often a driver of, or has been historically, anger can often be a driver of good things. Can be. But anger, sure. but un, uninformed anger, I think, is probably the problem, right? Because what you were talking about, we, yeah. and we, you talk, you get this, I know is something that irks you a lot and irks me as well. Um, but as an educator, you get particularly angry and or annoyed by uninformed anger. I just kind of feel like we live in a society like you and I, we grew up when we wanted to know something, we had to do work to find out the things we needed to know. Right. Like we had to go to a library. We had to go to a, you know, a librarian or we had to go to the, 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 you know, the, the microfiche and, and, and look at you know, <laughs> the microfiche. Yeah. The, the, the scanned newspaper art. Like we had to do work. Like y'all don't even have to work in the society to find things out because there are vetted information sources at your fingertips. Speaking out of your ass. Maybe you should do that diligence before you contribute to an environment of complete and utter ignorance. And I, I guess to kind of put a little bow on this, one of the things I hadn't even thought about this until I heard you talking about this now, but it's just a realization that since we're talking about reality versus reality, I think some people's reality, quite frankly, is one that requires them to be angry about something. Because if they aren't yeah. angry about something, they're, they don't find, they don't, they, they, they may not actually find purpose in their own reality. Word, word. Shout out to Paul Reichoff. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Paul. We are right about, I'm already halfway through my chunky apple spritzer. Yeah, I'm at like the... I'm You're damn like near the, done with your drink, which means we have entered the B-Dorm witching hour. Let's go. <laughs> so, we just talked about the serious side about this reality versus reality thing, but as always, my mind also got wandering into some weird spaces when I was thinking about this <laughs> and I realized something I was trying to think, what can we all, what do we actually have in agreement globally? Which is hard because in you, you, you take any country and you have so much disagreement, but I was trying to think hard and really hard about what do we all agree on? You know what I landed on? Hmm. Potatoes. Okay. That's right. Potatoes. potatoes. Now, I'm not going to say like, right. I'm not someone who loves potatoes, right? But I can tell you this. I've never, the heart, the more I thought about it, I've never met a person that doesn't at least like some form of potato. And I don't think I've eaten food from any culture. And I, we've talked about this. We're both fairly well-traveled. And, and love to eat different types of uh, food from different cultures. I don't oh, yeah. think I've eaten food from any culture that doesn't in some way, shape, or form um, at, least in, ha at least involve potatoes in some of their cuisine or uh, hasn't at least embraced potatoes, even if it wasn't part of their culture, you know, long, long time ago. But since it's been introduced to their cultures, pretty much everybody has embraced the potato in some format. Mm -hmm. So. What I want to know is what if we had to come to agreement on there only being one way that you can cook a potato? You can only make like, one potato food that you get period. to eat for the rest of your life. And you will never get to have anything else ever made from a potato. <laughs> what would it be and why? <laughs> oh man. So All what right. do you so what say you, sir? What do you think? What what's your thoughts on potatoes? Potatoes being a 
a a great unifier? And what is your <laughs> potato dish that you will roll with for the rest of time? Word. Um, shout out to Idaho because that's the only thing y'all are known for. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, potatoes. Um, I, I like you have have tried to trim a lot of the starch out of my life. Um, uh, so like I don't really I don't really dig French fries as much anymore. Obviously, grew up loving like the you know your classic fast food McDonald's fries, but I could do without that. I could do without that. But I went to um, Atlantic City uh, a couple months ago, and everywhere I went, every single meal was served with tater tots. And like Mm. when I first ordered my meal, I was like, no, I don't want those tater tots. And the waiter was like, no, you want these. It was like they're, they're perfectly seasoned, blah, blah, blah. Like he sold me. So I was like, all right. I'm going to eat tater tots for dinner, which is weird for me because I had never done that before. Loved it. Went to another spot, got like some Cajun fish. They were like, oh, you got a choice of sides. Tater tots is one of them. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going with the tots. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Don't want to cut you off, but did you just say you've never had tater tots at dinner before? For dinner. For breakfast, sure, but not for dinner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, so, you're a grown ass man. You can have, we can have whatever you want for dinner. Yeah, I know, but like, is this, you know, if somebody was like, "Hey, I got, I got these scrambled eggs. I'm going to make, I'm going to make that for dinner." That would be weird for me. I mean, I, I know that there are some cultures that eat egg for dinner. Um, there are a lot of cultures that put egg in a lot of dishes. Like, I'm, I'm, but like, just like a plate of scrambled eggs, that seems like a breakfast thing to me. Tater tots was a breakfast thing for me until I went on this trip. Now I'm all about tots, man. I'm all about it. So <laughs> if, if, if somebody out like, if I got to pick one thing, I'm going tater tots. They're small, flaky, but still like, you know, you get that, that it's like, it's like a hearty, flaky, light. It's, 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 it's the perfect potato food, man. I love it. So I'm, I'm all about the tots. I'm going tots. I'm going tots, Pizzle. Going tots. All right. All right. Tater tots. So I thought long and hard about this, obviously. Because <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't I? So let me drink so I was thinking, all right. while I think about these tots. Hold on. I was th- <laughs> all right, go ahead. Buns and tots. Yes. So, all right. So there's tater tots. There's uh, German style potatoes. There's hash browns. There's mashed potatoes. Um, there's French fries. There's potato chips, man. What about that? So oh, gratin. There's potatoes. <laughs> oh, there's potatoes. Oh, gratin. Oh, gratin. <laughs> As they said. Hit him. Don't oh gratin me. <laughs> I'm American, bro. I pronounce it wrong now, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's, and, and, and there's, we're leaving out a laundry. Oh my God. We didn't even, there's a baked potato where you just bake it and load it with whatever the hell you want. There's so, man, uh, did I say mashed already? I think I said mashed. There's you so many forms mashed. of mashed, but so even mashed potatoes. The baked, potatoes. So, the baked is too much, man. Like it's like a, it's like a meal. Like you can't eat anything else if you eat a baked potato. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's too heavy for me. Yeah. That's why you load it up. You load it up and make that the center of your meal. There's just so many ways you can do potato, but um, question about the tater tots. Mm. Am I crazy or is a tater tot just a mini hash brown? And, I'm, and am I, but at the, when I say hash brown, I'm not talking about when you, and this always confuses me, when you go, when you go somewhere and they were like, oh, would you like some hash brown potatoes? And you're like, oh yes, sir, please. And then they bring you like some potatoes that they chopped up and sauteed. And you're like, that's not a hash brown. That's hash. So you gotta be, re- you, gotta, right. you gotta be real careful when, when you gotta be real careful with the distinction between hash brown and hash browned potatoes, I guess. But aren't t- tater tots are just really mini hash browns, right? If you're talking about that like are, fast yeah. food style hash brown. Yeah, they kind of are. They kind of are. You're right. 
And someone needs to tell me what device you get, you use to make hash browns and tater tots have that perfect, like miniature little cube slash whatever chop a potato <laughs> that, uh, they, but they, that, that they, they use to, 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 to make it the way it is. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They're like I do. chopped I do. up and diced like, potatoes. Yeah. It is diced, right? Cause it's, it's too flaky for it to be like just a regular, like a little chunk of potato. So it's gotta be like, like yeah. diced up and then, and then packed together something, whatever. Anyway, so I lo- so right. I'm with you. I'm I, I don't hate on the hash brown, but I I can't go hash brown because or, sorry I love the tater tots. Excuse me. I but I'm not going tater tots because you already took it. But I already I rule I'm rule I ruled it out because we're only talking about and I should have been clear about this. We're only talking about like the regular potato, like the Idaho potato style potato. We're talking about just that potato. Sweet potato is its own category. You're still gonna be able to eat whatever you want with with sweet potatoes. And right. if you just are starting to appreciate the tater tots on that level, or at least for dinner, I need to tell right. you something. You need to go, you need to hit up Chicago and some other states in the Midwest where, or cities in the Midwest where they make sweet potato tots. Okay. See, now, and the first, now the, you, the, mess with, you mess with my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> The first time I had, and it was in Chicago when I had the first time I had a sweet potato tot. Oh boy. I will take a sweet potato tot over a potato any day. And this is kind of what makes a problem in the, in this uh, debate, I guess, because there's, it's the alternatives that I can live with because I'm not a huge potato chip eater, but I still like chips. Like most other people generally people like chips. But yeah. I could have a tortilla chip if I really am having that chip craving right, and right, it'll right. just they it'll do the I got, so you know. Yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll I'll make do with with another form of chip. French fry, I'll make do with a sweet potato fry. Um Okay. But when we going back to this potato, baked potato, again, big sweet sweet potato, pretty good. So most of these things for me, and I know not everybody feels this way, but I I can I'm good with the sweet potato on most of these things. Um when I'm going with though and I know a lot of people listening to this are probably going to be like, this This guy's out of his mind. Of all the options with potato, this is what he's keeping and getting rid of everything else. But <laughs> I'm not a huge for, like you were saying, like not only for health reasons of cutting out like processed wheat and flour and, you know, and carbs. I'm not a huge pasta eater. I've never been like a pasta guy. Um, mm-hmm. But one of my favorite pasta like dishes because i'm not sure if it qualifies as pasta is gnocchi (laughs) (laughs) why you said that you knew i was gonna laugh (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't even hold it in i'm sorry (laughs) oh so you like that my man gnocchi (laughs) you like that gnocchi huh you like that in your mouth Don't gross the people out. My bad. I'm, I do, but I do. Have you ever had gnocchi? You ever gone to an Italian restaurant and while everybody else is ordering like linguine, fettuccine, you know, macaroni, whatever, lasagna, and you get that gnocchi? Can't can't say that I have. It's a potato like pasta. Is that what it is? It's 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 like this potato based pasta hybrid type of thing, but it's a it's um it's like these little almost dumpling potato pasta ball things you get some gnocchi with some good like a cream sauce and some fresh shredded cheese um, parmesan cheese on top and i'm good and i think it usually it's one of them things like i got i got i got i got life hacks for when it comes to food like so you go to an italian restaurant not a lot of people for like i was saying people are gravitating towards the lasagna the ravioli the uh linguine the fettuccine etc so the gnocchi is something that they're that is usually going to be less made, but usually they are fresh, a lot fresher. And if you're at a you know if you're going to a quality place that is hopefully making some fresh pasta and stuff, um, and I just it just tastes great to me. I know it's not everybody's I thing. Like it. It's fine. 
I'm not arguing with, I'm not going to be mad at anybody being saying that they want to stick with the French fry or if that they want to stick with the potato chip. For the, for the text that we're going to get about you and your gnocchis. <laughs> I love that gnocchi. I love that gnocchi. That is my favorite gnocchi. And I think Beetle, part of what's up, y'all? One of those... <laughs> I think gnocchi is one of those things I did. I, didn't... I think it's pronounced gnocchi too, but I like a version gnocchi. Uh, I think it's one of them. It's one of those things that I also didn't really ever um, try until I was probably a, an adult already. Because for the reason I was saying before, you go in, you go anywhere that has Italian food, that's not something you're gonna think to order. Yeah, that's true. It's low. It's low on the priority list. I like it. But there you I go. Like it. Gnocchi. That's how I'm having my potatoes. So. You at the bottom. Be careful yet? when Hold you on. say it. Oh, we gonna do this? We gonna finish our yeah, drinks simultaneously, beat on fashion. Salute, my friend. Ah, ah, very good. Very. Now good. I have a glass full of pulp. I do have. Pulp. I had a meal in a glass. You can eat that. Eat that with a spoon. Yeah, eat that with a spoon. That looks good. That's got it's soaked up with liquor, man. That's 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 delicious. That might be the best part. It's actually it's it's tastier than I thought it would be for my first time making it. So I might tweak the recipe a little bit, but it's a fantastic start. And right. this is a fantastic end. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Beat Orn Podcast. <laughs> Catch you next time. Power by Righteous Media.